0: Welcome to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. I want to ask you a question today, and the question is this. What is, what is you think maybe your number one source of stress, or as Americans, what do you think our number one source of stress is? Come on, shout it out. Anybody? You're right, (laughs) it absolutely is money, but let me just uh, calm your nerves right now. I'm not asking for anything today, all right? And so I really wanna help you, but you're right. It is the number one source of people's stress in America is money. And just to help you, this last year has made it even worse Apparently, we're more stressed than ever. Uh, the Association of, uh, or the American Psychology Association said this 65% of those that they survey said money is a significant source of stress. Stress about money is the highest recorded since 2015. So, I mean, this year, inflation, gas prices, the unknown, all of that, our stress is at an all time high. And if I were to go around the room and I were just to ask you whether you make a little bit or whether you make a lot, um, I would say most of us, if the survey's right, six out of 10 of us uh, or six and a half out of 10 of us would say money is a significant uh, stressor in my life. And uh, I, I know for, for, for me uh, growing up and for me just learning how to manage money, um, those of you that don't know, I'm 37 years old, and so I haven't lived, you know, till I'm 60. I, I'm not a genius when it comes to that. And so how many of you know in your 20s sometimes you learn to manage money the hard way? Anybody ever been there? Maybe in your 30s or 40s, you're still learning how to manage it the hard way. Well, today I just figured I I would bring to you this idea, and here's my idea today. If money is a significant stressor in our lives, I wanna show you four easy ways to continue to allow it to be a stressor in your life. And so my topic is this today, four easy steps to be stressed in your finances. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take some notes because you may need this one day. If you're not stressed, You may want to know how to bring some stress in your life, and it is a proven fact that those that take notes um, in church love Jesus more, learn more, think the preacher preaches better. Facts. So take some notes today. I want to show you uh, how to be stressed in your finances, uh, but just bear with me to the end. There will be a, a light at the end of the tunnel today, but I want to look at a very familiar passage of scripture that if you've been around church very long, you have heard this parable. Jesus taught uh, in what we call parables. They were made up stories to illustrate a point. And in Luke chapter 15, he gives three different parables. He talks about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and then a lost son. And today I want to look at the parable uh, of the lost son, or you may know it as the prodigal son. And you've probably never heard this story preached about money. But as I was studying this story, here's something fascinating. Half of the story is actually about money. Half of the story has money as a central focus, and so I want to use this story today, while it isn't about money, as a metaphor to just set up how to go ahead and be stressed in your finances, and so um, let's just buckle up. This is going to be great. This is going to help you today, okay? My job is to help you. Is that okay, everybody? All right, that's about half of you. Ushers, can you lock the doors, because I'm afraid they're going to leave. Um, Here we go. So, Luke chapter 15, follow along with me. Jesus continued and said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And here's what you have to know about this, And, and, and especially when it comes to what this younger boy is asking when he says, Give me my share of the estate. This would have been a big deal at that time. I mean, this would have been very offensive. I mean, the Jewish people that would have heard this story around them, they would have gasped like, how dare him? How could he even ask this? And the younger son said, father, just give me my share of the estate. And so the father said, all right. He divided his property, property between them and not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had had and set off to a different country. So I want you to look at this, and I, I think it's fascinating that he says the younger son. If you're in here and you're in your 20s, or maybe you're newly married, I want you to really pay attention today, because I really am, I think, going to help you. God's Word is going to help you, because when we're younger, we don't quite have the wisdom yet to understand, when we're younger, we haven't been through as much of life as is, is we need to, and money can be a weird thing. And this younger sibling, he said, "Okay, here's what I'm talking about today. I want some money, and I want it now." The younger son was like, "Gimme, gimme, gimme!" Anybody ever been there? I want some money, and I want it now because not only did he want the money, but he also wanted to go off. Not long after he got his money. Let me give you the first way to just be stressed in your finances. Step one, really easy, is this. Always want more and always want it now. I can just promise you today, promise you, promise you, promise you, if you live your life always wanting more and always wanting it right now, you will be stressed. And so there you go. If you want to be stressed, you can be stressed. Just want more and want it now. I have a five-year-old, and you know what his favorite word has been since he turned one or two or could communicate? More. It's born in us, this idea of more, always wanting more, never being satisfied. It's cute when they're five and they always want more until they're never satisfied. They literally always want more. It's Christmas time where you spent your whole life savings buying them. All of these amazing presents, they open them and then they look at you and say, is there any more? What do you mean, is there any more? It cost me a year to get you all those. I want some more. And it's funny when they're five, but that never really leaves us. There is that thing inside of us that always wants to consume more. We do want more stuff. We do want nicer things. And not only do we want more, but often we want it now. Nobody likes to wait later for the more, do you? I mean, honestly, just think about it. Are you the type of individual that when you want something, you like to wait for it? No way. We all want more, and we want it now. And if you want to be stressed in your finances, I can promise you, just love money and always want more right now. I love what the book of Ecclesiastes says. It says, for the love of money, if you love money, sorry, those who love money will never have what? Enough. How meaningless is it to think that wealth brings true happiness? But here this prodigal son is, and he's thinking, you know what? If I can get more and I can get it right now, I'll be happy. I don't want it later. I know, you know, when dad dies, I'll get my share of the estate, but I want it right, I just, I want it right now. But money doesn't bring true happiness. And the story goes on to say this. Not only did he want more and he wanted it right now, when he got it, And he set off for the distant country. It says there he squandered his wealth in wild living. He squandered his wealth in wild living. Step number two, uh, I think you got that wrong. Step number two is this, engage in wasteful spending. So he, he got his wealth and then he went out and he squandered it in wild living. Now, in, in that day and age, what he was squandering it on, we know later on, is prostitution and crazy partying and kind of all that stuff. What he was doing is he was squandering it in self-indulgent things. And I think that can happen to all of us. I think one of the easiest ways to get stressed in your finances is to live life always wanting more. And then when you get the more, just squander it on wasteful spending. Anybody ever been there? If you're like, I've never spent money wastefully, pull up your bank account this week. (laughs) Pull up your statement. I promise you there's some wasteful spending in there. For some of us, more than others. And if you look at your bank account, and most of it is wasteful spending, just like this young boy, it will lead to some stress. It will lead to some areas in your life where you have a few sleepless nights. Because you know what happens when you spend all of your life just engaging sometimes in wasteful spending, never kind of keeping track, never really kind of understanding where your money going, just if I need it, if I want it, if I feel it. It's that latte here and going out to eat there and buying that thing there and none of those things are wrong. But then you look back, you're like, that was a little wasteful. You'll get to the point that he got to in verse number 14 where he spent everything. So he took the money. He got more and he got it now. Then he engaged in wasteful, self-indulgent spending, and then he spent it all. Step number three to just ensure that you are absolutely stressed in your finances is to just continually spend all you have. Just every month, if you have a little extra, go ahead and spend it. This is really, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to help some of you. If you want to be stressed, just spend all you have. I got 20 bucks left, I guess I'll go out to eat. Anybody ever been there, is that only me? Okay, any of the adults ever been 21 and thought that? Of course, just spend all you have and say things like, you know, well, there's always more month than there is money and if I spend all all I have, what do you end up doing then? Spending all you don't have, and that leads to the big D word, debt. Continually spend all you have, you'll get to a place of debt, and guess what? You will stress yourself out. I mean, this is only three steps. Are you ready for step number four? Step number one, just live life always wanting more. It'll stress you out. Step number two, just indulge in whatever you want, when you want it, how you want it. It'll stress you out. Number three, continually spend all your money every month and do not save. And finally, we see the outcome of that. The next slide here. Maybe these are out of order a little bit. Uh, Can you show me where he spent everything he had? And right after that, maybe it was this one back here. Here it is. And right after that, guess what happened? There was a severe famine. There was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. He didn't cause the famine. But he spent everything he had. And then when the famine came, there was nothing to provide for him. I think step number four is this. And let me see if I can find it somewhere in here. Here it is. Yep. I'll click. Y'all follow me. <laughs> I haven't used the TV in a long time, so we're figuring it all out today. Don't prepare for life storms. So always want more. Spend it on whatever thing that feels good in the moment. Spend all you have. And never prepare for life storms. Guys, The tire will go flat one day. The washing machine will break. And it wasn't the devil. (laughs) Devil done broke my washing machine again. You washed 50,000 loads last week because you got 12 kids. It broke. Santo, I mean, I know you do a lot of laundry in your house, sometimes they just break. It's called a life storm. And you know how it becomes a storm? When there's no provision left. When you've spent everything you have and there's nothing to prepare for that moment, it becomes a storm. And guess what happens? You live in a place of need. There was a famine and it took him to a place of need and he had no provision to provide in that place of need. And so guess what happened? He followed these four steps to get stressed, and it stressed him. So he went, and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. This would have been huge during that time because as a Jewish citizen, you would not want to go be around pigs because you naturally thought of them as unclean. And so he went into a very stressful environment to feed the pigs. And it got so bad. And there was so much need that it says he longed to fill his stomach with the food that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. And so let me give you just a formula here. Always want more and want it now. Plus, engage in wasteful spending. Plus, continually spend all you have. Plus, don't prepare for life. And guess what? You'll get stressed. Say right. right. law. See you guys later. We could honestly stop right there because all of us have acted a little unwise in one of these areas. But for many Americans, that the average credit card debt is $5,000 per card, and most of us have at least three. It can lead to a lot of stress, especially around the holidays. Especially as we enter into this season where it's naturally in our hearts to give, and we think, I have nothing to give. In fact, I need somebody to give me something. You're thinking about the Powerball. billion, I think, is what it's up to now. I don't promote that. It'll lead to stress because you'll probably not win and spend what you don't have, engaging in wasteful spending. And so can I just say this? What is the opposite of stress? You guys are really smart today. You knew money was an issue, and here you go. It's peace. It's peace. Um. I think it's fascinating that there's an individual that has spent his whole life helping people get out of debt. His name is Dave Ramsey, maybe you've heard of him. Maybe his name's like a four letter word to you if you've you know went through his things because you're thinking I don't like any of that stuff and that's why you're living stress. But um, isn't it interesting that Dave Ramsey calls his program financial peace, peace. Here's what he's learned when you got your finances under control, it brings peace. And so the opposite of stress is, it's peace. And here's what I love. I love the book of Isaiah. It's a Christmas scripture that many of us read around the holidays that says, unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love it. Did you know that Jesus wants to bring you peace? Literally, he is called the Prince of Peace. Now, I think sometimes we don't get a full understanding of this word. And a couple years ago, I heard a pastor break it down in such a beautiful way, talking about Peace and talking about this idea of the Prince of Peace, and he broke down the two Hebrew words that we see here: Prince being "shar" and peace being "salome." And I want to show you these two words and show you how he really becomes our Prince of Peace. The word "sar" means this: Lord, chief, general, or the one in charge. Over seven thousand times in Scripture, he is referred to. As Lord. The word Lord is used over 7,000 times. The word Savior is used about 36 times. See, he does want to be our Savior, but more than anything, he wants to be our Lord. He wants to have Lord over our lives. When we, when we give our lives to Christ, one of the most popular scriptures that is quoted is Romans, uh, the, from the book of Romans, where it says that we would confess our sins to him, right? We would believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. See, Jesus doesn't want to just be your savior while he came on a rescue mission to save you. He wants to be the one in charge. He wants to be the Lord of your life. He doesn't just want to be your savior, but he really wants to be your Lord. And then shalom, peace, means to rest, to have tranquility, wholeness, completeness, contentment. And so I want you to put these together. That when you allow him to be your prince of peace, not just prince charming, but the prince, the one in charge, the one in charge can bring tranquility, wholeness, completeness. And so he wants to be your prince of peace. He wants to be in charge of your marriage. He wants to be in charge of your job. He wants to be in charge of your behaviors. He wants to be in charge of your money. The key is whether or not we'll let him be Lord. And the big idea is this, he's either Lord of everything or he's really not Lord of anything. I mean, to really make him Lord in our life, it is God, you can have all of me. Not, God, you can have all of me, but, I don't have a wallet, but my wallet. Just don't mess with me in that area. And we wonder why we're so stressed. And so he does want to bring you some peace. And I would say it this way. The prince has principles of peace. But I think most of our stress in life comes from ignoring God's principles. We're hearers of the word, but we're not really doers of the word. See, God has peace principles about how to have a thriving marriage. He has peace principles about how to, you know, succeed in life. He has peace principles on parenting. And we are okay with all of those. Nobody has ever came to me and complained about the peace principles of being a good parent. Nobody has ever sent me an email about the peace principles of being, you know, or having a thriving, healthy marriage. But you know who sends emails and complains about everything? People that don't want God to be Lord over their money. They are the quickest to say, yeah, those peace principles they don't know, they don't apply. Those verses were like, I don't know, Old Testament or something. So I want to give you three peace principles, maybe four, that I think can help you if you're stressed. If you've been following these easy steps, let's reverse them. Let's have some principles that'll just bring some wholeness in your life. Some principles that'll bring some peace and some, some healing. I really do, as your pastor, and I believe that our Heavenly Father really does want you to have financial peace. I didn't say be rich, but have Peace. There's a difference between being rich and having peace. You can be poor and have peace with your finances. All right, so so don't send me an email about prosperity. I won't read it. (laughs) I'm just honest with you. People pucker up all the time about this stuff and it's like, fine, you live stressed. Peace principle number one, you've gotta learn to be content. If you're gonna have peace in your finances, you got to learn to be content. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians. He says, I've learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. Whatever the circumstances. Hebrews 13.5 says this, keep your lives free from not money, but the love of money. We might say the love of stuff, the love of a nicer car, the love of a bigger house, the love of a new iPhone 14 Pro Max with 15 terabytes. <laughs> keep your lives free from the love of those things. Yeah. Yeah. This is, see, I'm not, a, I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I'm also not a poverty preacher. I'm not this like, you should never have nothing in your life. No, if you work for it, buy it, but keep your lives free from the love of it. Yeah. And be content with what you have. Young people, be content with the season of your life you're in. You know, one of the things that I hate that I'm seeing right now, and I've been there because I've been 20, as, I, as I'm growing a church with a lot of young people, I don't know if you looked around, there's a lot of young marrieds in this room. And I, I, I've been guilty of this myself, but it's interesting that a 25-year-old wants to get married and they want the same house as their 40, 50, 60-year-old parents. It took them 20 years to save that down payment. And you are gonna not have any peace and you are gonna strive and strive and strive and fall in love with money if you want it all right now. Well, I gotta have that car my parents drive. You don't, but if you save up for it for five years, have it. But we've gotta learn to be content in the now. Not always like the prodigal son living our lives just wanting more, more, more. You've got to learn to be content with what you have or you will fall in love with money. And it is a spirit. The New Testament refers to it as the spirit of mammon. And it will get all over you and it will stress you to the max. And so you've got to learn to be content. I remember when Jennifer and I first got married, we made $10,000 our first year of income combined. Let that sink in, that was nothing. Um, We got this $400 a month apartment, it was nothing. I didn't want that $400 a month apartment and I didn't want the peak couch that came for free in that apartment. (laughs) That was at least 100 years old from the owner's great-grandmother. But we were content with it. And we weren't stressed. I didn't take photos and post it on Instagram. It was not Instagrammable. I don't even know if we had Instagram. There was definitely not Instagram, Jennifer said. But there was Facebook. Nobody would have looked at our house and say, wow, you made it. But we were content with it because it's what we had. And it was the season we're in. See, some of us are spending money we don't have to impress people we don't know and buy things. You know, I mean, it's just, you got to learn to live content with what you have. What you have may not be Instagrammable. It's okay. It's okay. Their life isn't as Instagrammable as they make it out to be and probably more stress than you would realize. Number two principle of peace is learn to live with margin. I think you have to be content, but you also cannot spend. So contentment, right, is not wanting everything now, prodigal son, not always wanting more, not spending everything you have on wasteful living. And then what did he do? He spent all that he had. And so we've gotta be careful learning to live with margin. Who likes margin? You know my favorite thing to do is if I have a meeting that is literally 20 minutes from now is to leave 19 minutes from now. And guess what? I'm stressed the whole way there. Am I the only one? No. You probably get stressed when that happens to you. And how many of you know, it's very stressful when the tire does pop and there's no margin. It's very stressful when the hot water heater does go out and there's no margin. You you might say, well, I just don't make enough to save. I just don't make enough to have margin. I get it. All of us want to make more. Anybody in this room never want to make more money. But sometimes, I'm getting around you. You must have plenty. You could share it with me or something. No, i just joking with you. But right, all of us probably would desire a little bit more or say we could use some more. And and the thing about it is, is this. More money doesn't just mean more happiness, and more happiness doesn't, you know, anyways, you you guys get it, but we've gotta learn to live with margin. Margin is the thing you might say, well, I don't have enough to have margin. I would say, look at your bank account. Starbucks may have your margin. I'm not trying to come at you, I'm just speaking to me. Netflix may have your margin. It's the same thing people say when it's like, I don't make enough to give to God first. I don't make enough to tithe or I don't make enough to do those things. Okay, I get it. But you do make enough if he's first. Right? Uh, Is God first, save second, live on the rest. That's Dave Ramsey. He he said it would bring you peace. I don't know. Right? But you've got to put margin somewhere first. And it may start. With $5 or 500 or 5000 I, I don't know. But, but the wise man, Proverbs says this, the wise man saves for the future. The foolish spends whatever he gets. We've got we've to learn to live our lives. My dad used to say it this way. When I got money when I was a child, he's like, that thing is burning a hole in your pocket. You know, because as soon as I got it, I'm like, I got to spend it. Anybody ever been there? I didn't even know he got that from the Bible. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your your ways. You might say, give careful thought to your spending here. It's one of the ways of your life, right? It goes on to say, you have planted much, but you've harvested little. You've ate, but you've never had enough. You drink, but you never have your feel. You put your clothes on, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Don't let your wages go into a purse with holes in it. Figure out a little pocket that some change can go in. Whatever it looks like for you. If it's hard to save when you make $100 a week, it'll still be hard when you make $1,000. Pr- do you have to do this? No. None of these things. Don't walk out of here. My pastor said you got it. This is just a Principle that can bring you peace. You don't have to, you can live stressed or you can apply some principles. And the third is this, it's the principle of generosity. It's learning to to live a life of generosity. See, um, the first two really are gonna help you do the last one. If you're not content and you have no margin, you will not be generous. Because you'll want them more for yourself, right? Luke twelve fifteen says this: Beware of greed, right? Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. But those that aren't generous, aren't generous, would say it's all about what I have. And 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 the gospel would just say, Beware, be, be, beware of that kind of greed. Beware of just making it all about yourself. See, I wanna live my life being generous, but I can't be generous if I haven't followed some other peace principles first. Like a minute ago, when we were talking about end of year giving for maybe some of you that stressed you out, you're like, how could I ever be generous? You want to be generous. I actually think that every person in this room would like to be generous. I think once you've given your heart to God, you actually are not, you, you don't desire to be stingy. You actually desire to be generous because generosity is in the heart of our father. And so I think when you said yes to him, you, you, you had a desire birth and you were born again with a heart of generosity. And so I don't think anybody in this room is stingy. I just think we're strapped or stressed. And so the way to de-stress is to apply some peace principles to your life and just learn to be content. Watch where your money goes. Don't let them just go to a purse with a hole in it. And then when you do that, I think you'll be able to start being a little more generous. And generosity, man, it will refresh you more than anything you ever thought you wanted. It's amazing how you can be generous and the, the, the feeling you get from generosity be greater than the feeling that you got from purchasing that last thing. It's crazy. I've talked to people that's bought a 50, 60, $70,000 vehicle and got more fulfillment out of leaving a honking tip for a waitress than they did with that vehicle. It's just why, because it's more blessed to give than to receive. But you will never be generous if you're not content with what you have. And you'll never be generous if you spend everything you make. I love what 2 Corinthians says and we kind of hit on it a while ago. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. In other words, whoever is, is not generous will reap sparingly. But whoever sows generously will reap generously. Reap what? Blessings. Again, blessings doesn't mean wealth. He may give you blessings of wisdom to generate some wealth. He may give you blessings of breath to wake up and to make some more money. He may give you blessings of peace that goes beyond all the stuff you could ever have. Because what good is it to gain the whole world but forfeit your soul? And to have a lack of peace. And so... Each one of you, he goes on then to say, should decide in your heart what to give. Don't give under reluctant or compulsion or because you should or you have to. Just give because you're cheerful. And so one more peace principle that I think really should have been number one is this, come back next week and I'll give it to you. Because I thought it was so important that it needed a whole message because honestly, I didn't want to skim through it because it can be very confusing at times. And so peace principle number four, come back next week and I'll end with this. Luke chapter 15, back to the prodigal son. When he came to his senses, he said, and this is, this is what I want us to have today. A come to our senses moment. Maybe you're stressed today in the area of finances. God wants to give you peace But you're gonna have to come to your senses and make him the Prince of Peace. Maybe not make, maybe allow him. Allow him. Just allow him to be your Prince of Peace. Allow him not just to have all of you but this thing. Say, God, you can have all of me and this thing. And will you give me peace where I'm stressed? Man, I want you to have peace. Peace. I want you, God wants you to have financial peace. And you can. And it's not dependent on how much you make. Isn't that crazy? All of us make enough, most likely, to have peace. We just aren't following the principles of how to manage that money. But if you will, you'll have peace. And peace from him the Bible says, goes beyond all understanding. How do I have so much peace and I don't have all that I want? I don't know, but I'm, I got peace. God's a generous God. He was a giver. It says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. Today, for maybe you, the first step in gaining peace is to make him Lord of your life. As we said earlier, that if you confess, if you believe, and you say, Jesus, you're Lord, that's the starting point. With every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're in here today, and you've never made him Lord of your life. I wanna encourage you to do so. See, when you make him Lord, his peace will come. It'll come not only in your finances, it'll come in your marriage, it'll come in your health, it'll come in your anxiety, it will come in your thinking, all those ways his peace can come. Every part of you, his peace will flood in. But you've gotta, you've gotta determine that you won't just allow him to be your savior, but be your Lord. So today, if you're far from God, and honestly, you've never really made him Lord of your life. I wanna give you an opportunity to do so. To just say, Jesus, I'm sorry for doing life on my own way. And today I make you Lord. What is Lord? Just, just the one who is in charge. I just, I, I, I give you my life and I say, you're in charge of it. All of it. And in doing so, guess what? Not only the Bible says anyone that calls on my name shall be saved. Not only will heaven be your home. But I think you'll realize that you can have a little more heaven on earth. You'll have a heaven to go to one day. But you'll get to experience heaven here on earth. As he just becomes Lord. And opens the windows of heaven and sends things into your life peace happiness joy love patience kindness all those things will come flooding in and so if that's you today with nobody looking around you would say you know what I need to make him Lord of my life I, I, I never really have he was my Savior kind of like get out of hell card but I never really made him Lord I wanna give you an opportunity to do so, to say, God, thank you for saving me. And today I make you, I give you my whole life. If that's you in this room, again, nobody looking around, a private moment, I'd love to pray with you. Would you just slip up a hand just so I can know who I'm praying with? Thank you so much. If you're ready to make them Lord, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. I believe God's got a plan for you. I believe that God brought you here today on, purpose for a purpose. I believe that God has great things for you. Believe that God has a life of peace for you. Believe that God wants to take every area of your life that you feel like you've kind of used up and spent and you're ashamed of and believe God wants to give you peace today. It's to redeem you from all of that. Give you a brand new life with him. If you raised your hand a minute ago, would you just in your heart, would you pray this? Would you say, Jesus, today I make you Lord of my life. I give you all of me. You're in charge. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate everybody? Thanks for listening to the Life LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text L-C-L-O-U to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.